0: Hey, good morning, Patricia Murphy here. It's Tuesday. It's also election day, so get out there and vote. This is Seattle Now. Grizzly bears are considered functionally extinct in Washington state because no one's seen a grizzly here for decades. But a new federal plan could bring large brown bears back to the North Cascades wilderness. Ecologist Chris Morgan is here to explain why he thinks it's a good idea and why some people don't care for the plan. But first, let's get you caught up. Hundreds of protesters blocked road traffic at the port of Tacoma yesterday to stop what organizers believed to be a military ship sent to deliver aid to Israel. KUOW has not been able to confirm any information around a pickup of military supplies at Tacoma's port. Protesters shut down lanes of traffic and multiple gates at the port with their cars, forcing ship workers to turn around. The boat came to Tacoma's port from Oakland after protests there delayed it for nine hours. Seattle police say they've arrested the driver of a sedan that collided with a King County bus Saturday afternoon in Belltown. A woman on the sidewalk next to the crash was killed. SPD says the 31-year-old man will be booked into jail on investigation of vehicular homicide after he's medically cleared from Harborview Medical Center. Eight other people, including the bus driver and passengers, were injured. And winter reservations on Washington State ferries open up this morning at 10 a.m. That's a week later than usual and a little later in the morning. They're also lowering the number of vehicle reservations available. The fleet and staff are stretched thin right now, and the agency is trying to keep more spaces on standby to help with availability for walk-on passengers. Reservations being released this week cover travel from New Year's Eve through March 23rd. It's been almost 30 years since anyone's seen a grizzly bear in the North Cascades. It was Glacier Peak in 1996. Over the last century, habitat loss and hunting has wiped grizzlies out. Now, the federal government is taking steps to bring the bears back. Here's the plan. Over the next five to ten years, the National Park Service and U.S. Fish and Wildlife will relocate up to seven grizzly bears each year to the North Cascades wilderness. The goal is a population of about 25 bears. Environmentalists are cheering their potential return, but others, like Central Washington Congressman Dan Newhouse, think this is a bad idea. Newhouse says it's dangerous for nearby residents and bad for ranchers and farmers. Chris Morgan is here to talk about some of these conflicting views. He's a bear ecologist and host of the Wild Podcast here at KUOW. Chris, glad you're here. Thanks for taking the time.
1: Oh, thanks, Patricia. Great to be here talking about my favorite subject.
0: (laughs) Oh, all right. Well, we already know where you are on this. Grizzly bears are considered functionally extinct here. So what would be the ecological benefit of bringing them back?
1: You know, grizzlies are... are really important to the ecosystems where they exist, and there is a space, there's a gap when they're not there, you know. We have this these terms in ecology called keystone and umbrella and indicator species, and grizzly mm-hmm. bears tick all those boxes, you know. Um, grizzly bears dig the land, they aerate soil, they, they, they spread seeds. You know, I've watched them dig up hillsides of glacier lilies in the Rocky Mountains, like acting like a giant backhoe, you know, so they're aerating soil and creating habitat for countless other species, including the thousands of plant species that they eat across North America, you know, and even here we've got hundreds of plant species that bears eat, you know, 90% of their diet is vegetation and they're creating habitat for those plants that they eat is this wonderful it's a cyclical system kind of mm-hmm. thing. So, and the umbrella species, meaning, you know, if you protect these bears, you protect giant ecosystems, protect the grizzly bear, protect everything under that umbrella as an umbrella species and indicator species, meaning, you know, you've got to have a pretty wild intact, functioning ecosystem for grizzly bears to survive. And, and, and we have that here in the North Cascades, and it's something to be proud of, you know. So we've got this opportunity in Washington to, to, to lead on on something pretty special, you know, bringing one of the last remaining pieces of the puzzle, one of the last remaining megafauna species to, to a place that's still wild enough to support them. And um, that can't be taken for granted on the planet these days, you know, so it's exciting.
0: Well, Chris, the federal government came up with this proposal back in 2014. We are talking about it in 2023. Why so long?
1: (laughs) Actually, it's been way (laughs) longer than that, almost, you know. I mean, I've been here involved in this issue for 25 years. Uh, There were people involved in it for decades before I arrived on the scene, and so you know it it's it's really interesting it's got nothing to do with habitat it's got nothing to do with science there's a lot of great habitat and there's a lot of amazing science by a lot of very smart biologists that has been done for for decades and i've worked with many of them very closely and been a part of some of that research and it's nothing to do with uh public support there's tons of that um mm. it's purely political
0: why so political
1: you know it's it's funny i think grizzly bears are a, uh, an easy target um oh. And sadly, I think even more so these days when some people want the divide between people to be even bigger. So it's it's kind of unhealthy, but they're a scapegoat in many ways. You know, I've... I've had so many conversations with ranchers and other people in, in, in uh, rural areas and grizzly bear country. And this is much, as much psychology as it is any ecology or biology. And I find all of it fascinating. You know, the conversations <laughs> I've had have been amazing over the years. Yeah.
0: Last week, you attended a public comment meeting in New Halem, one of a handful of meetings in the North Cascades area. Let's talk about some of the concerns that people have around grizzly bears coming back
1: you know, often what happens at some of these meetings is someone stands up at the beginning and says, you know, I think I speak for everybody here when I say we don't want grizzly bears. And meanwhile, the people who do want grizzly bears or are supportive of it, you know, they don't feel that they can speak up and they, they just shuffle their feet a bit and it can be intimidating. They they, mm. they don't speak up in support of the grizzlies. And so it's definitely in our experience and through polls, a minority of people that don't want them back. But those concerns have to be addressed. Yes, grizzly bears can be dangerous in the odd circumstances where they're feeling threatened. Uh, but no, grizzly bears are not bad for the economy. They're great for tourism and it's been proven in many other places. The majority of people do want them back. You know, people want them back for future generations or because they're an important part of, of, of the North Cascades ecosystem. Reasons like this that have been carefully researched and polled over the years. So, But, but I do sympathize with people who are feeling threatened by the proposal to bring them back you know I think the important thing is for us all to stick to the facts and that's a good place to start
0: yeah you know I want to ask you about something you mentioned and that is about the threat to livestock right cattle farmers people who have livestock are raising some concerns about whether or not this is a danger to their bottom line because these livestock are for for profit What do you actually know about how threatening grizzly bears are to livestock? What can we learn?
1: Well, I've spoken to a lot of cattle ranches in Montana where there are healthy populations of grizzly bears and Mm. and, uh, thriving cattle operations. And uh, the, the, the ranchers that I had spoken to who, li- who live in grizzly habitat, who see grizzly bears frequently, actually didn't mind them and got along just fine. And they had to do things that would help them still stay operating as a cattle rancher in grizzly bear country. But they were happy to do that. They were happy mm-hmm. to live in a wild place, a wild place that's wild enough for grizzlies. And I think that's the bottom line here, you know. I've spoken, literally, I spoke to ranchers in Montana who said there's more threat to their calves by rattlesnakes and lightning strikes than there are by grizzly bears. And this is where there were a lot of grizzly bears around. So that kind of puts things in perspective.
0: Sure. All right. Well, that's one side of the concern. The other side is maybe from regular people who what i'm hearing from you may not completely understand grizzly bears and there may be a little misconception about how they show up in the world for for people
1: yeah and i've had hundreds thousands of conversations over the last 25 years with so many different people in the cascades and the surrounding areas you know it doesn't take me long to come to start talking about grizzly bears with people and uh a lot of perceptions that are negative towards grizzly bears are based on the fact that people don't understand these creatures so i spend a lot of my time trying to describe what grizzly bears are and just as importantly what what grizzly bears are not to people um and yes they can be dangerous animals in certain circumstances and we shouldn't shy away from that fact But then again, the media has not been kind to Grizzly Bears, you know? We hear all the headlines about attacks and negative (laughs) encounters. But I'm also hearing many, many stories over the years of people who have peaceful encounters and and, and amazing observations of Grizzly Bears that that end well for everybody, but they don't make headlines, do they?
0: Do you change people's minds, Chris?
1: I've bellied up in countless saloons in rural (laughs) towns across the Cascades in Washington State and had the best conversations over a beer. And I'm happy if I leave a conversation where someone's initially opposed to grizzly bears and afterwards we're we're saying cheers and, okay, you've given me something to think about. And I mean that about me too, you know. It goes both ways. We all have to walk in the shoes of other people a bit more often and understand where they're coming from, I think.
0: Yeah, seeing each other is always better, Chris. What would it mean to you to see a grizzly bear back in the North Cascades? You've been out Uh there thumping for him for 25 years, you said? (laughs)
1: Yeah. You know, I, it, it would be overwhelming, honestly. I just got goosebumps literally on my arms just thinking <laughs> about it. It's, um, you know, when I hike and camp in Grizzly Bear Country, it, it just, it adds a whole layer to the experience. It makes me incredibly observant and thoughtful, uh, respectful, uh, attentive, you know, and humble. All these things that, that I think wild places do for us. You know, I, I, I think about it a lot and, and as humans, We've altered and rearranged and destroyed and manipulated and trashed so much of nature. Globally, 70% of wildlife populations have been lost in my lifetime. I'm only in my early, I guess mid mid50s. but <laughs> 70% in, in the last 50 something years, it's, it's crazy. So you know if we can bring back large mammals in thoughtful, safe ways, uh, maybe we can set out to save ourselves too.
0: Chris Morgan, really appreciate your expertise here. I think you may have convinced me that grizzly bears are a good idea, but I'll hold my comment until I have done the appropriate research.
1: Hey, maybe we should belly up at a bar sometime and discuss this, Patricia, you know?
0: That sounds like an option. Chris Morgan is a bear ecologist, so you can trust him, and host of KUOW's The Wild Podcast. Thanks so much, man. Thank you. What do you think? More bears in the woods? You've got just one more week to let the federal government know how you feel about this. They're collecting public comment until November 13th. We'll drop a link in the show notes. Thank you for listening to Seattle Now. We can only make it with your donations. We'll drop that link in the show notes, too. Today's episode was produced by Matt Martin, with help from Bon Jones and Jason Pagano. Our production team also includes Caroline Chamberlain-Gomez, Claire McGrain, Jenny Cecil-Moore, and Lucy Suchek. Matt Jorgensen does our theme music. Seattle Now and KUOW Public Radio are members of the NPR Network. It's an independent coalition of public media podcasters. You can find more shows in the network wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Patricia Murphy. See you tomorrow.